Hi, I'm Elaine Boddy. And I'm David Treadway. And welcome to the Food Bod Pod. With Matthew's Cotswold Flower. So here we are again, David. Great to be here again. And we've had such fantastic support from all our podcast listeners. It's been really good. Oh, just amazing. We're so pleased that people keep tuning in and we're hoping that you're enjoying it and we hope that you're going to enjoy today's too. So you better tell us where we are today. Well, today we're in almost not so sunny Derby, kind of in the middle of England, really, in the middle and up a bit. And today we are here in Scott Dealey's kitchen. So let me introduce you and tell you who Scott is. Scott is in my phone as Scott Pizza. (laughs) Because that's how I know Scott. So Scott is um, a very brilliant pizza maker. And we're here today to talk to him about Top Kitchen Tips, ask him about the food that he makes, but also for him to show us how he makes some of his brilliant pizzas. Now, I have to let you into a little secret that last night I made Scott's recipe as our main dinner with artichokes, mushrooms, olives, prosciutto, salami and fantastic tomato sauce. And they were delicious. So thank you for the recipe, Scott. It worked a treat. Oh, they're perfect. Well, there you go. That makes you feel even better that we're here, doesn't it? What you will also be aware of is we often record our chats for video. So we've got some videos going on at the moment. So before I talk to you, I think the most important person that we need to say hello to is Lily. Lily is Scott's daughter who is currently monitoring the video situation and making sure that we're all on the screens. And we'll have a, be having a chat with Lily later as well, but we need to give her a big thumbs up and a big thank you because she stayed home today to help us. So this is a big family affair. So Scott. Thank you for coming. Scott has just written and released his first ever book. So the Uni Pizza Project, which if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see. Huge congratulations. Thank you. Because of course, Thank I you. know how major that is. I'm yep. so excited for yep. you. But what people won't necessarily know is that gives us therefore a special connection because yes. you wrote your book with the same publisher that I have. Yep. Did you enjoy the process? I did. It was challenging. And I think I probably underestimated how long it would take, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I learned a lot. And with your guidance and support, I mean, I think you probably have had enough of me asking (laughs) questions. But yeah, you were a great help to me throughout the whole thing. Believe me, I'm glad I could help because I remember when I wrote my first one and I remember the process and I had no idea what the process was. Yeah. So actually there was nobody for me to ask. No, and I think without that, it would have been a lot more difficult. And I remember when Page Street first contacted me about it and we agreed it all. I remember um, looking through their website at other books that, that they particularly like baking and cookbooks. And, and I remember stumbling across yours and I I'm sure I'll follow Elaine. And then I looked into it and I was like, ah, oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to get in touch with Elaine. And just so that, and that's where it all started. How long have you been making these pizzas? It started in April 2020. My father-in-law bought me a pizza oven, an uni pizza oven for my birthday. I still don't know why, because previous to this, I'd never made pizzas. I'd never shown any interest in it or anything. So okay. it was a completely Quite a random present. It then. was the most random <laughs> present ever. 
but the best present I've ever yeah. had, really, now, yeah. looking back and what it's led to. And But yeah, that's where it all started. The kind of person I am, when I get something, I, I do a lot of research how mm-hmm. to do it. I want When I do it, I want to do it properly and prepare and be organised. So I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, how to do it, and then it ignited a passion that I didn't know I had. Brilliant. So I've always liked cooking and baking ever since I was a kid, but I'd never, I never knew I had the, the pizza making inside me until I got that. Well, so, he could obviously see something in you that you hadn't realised was there. That's what he'll say, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he will. And take all the credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I owe him a lot. Well, before we get onto the pizzas then, we always have a certain set of questions that we ask yep. our guests. It doesn't have to necessarily be about pizzas, but what would your three top tips be in the kitchen? first one is it's quite a, a generic tip I'm, I'm like a really organized and methodical person which is why I like following recipes so I think the main thing about whether it's cooking or baking is just be prepared and be organized and within that things like weighing everything out prior to making it get everything out ready get all your equipment and accessories out I think it just makes the whole thing a lot easier, a lot yeah. smoother. I think it's really important to know what you're doing before you do it, so thoroughly read the recipes. But the overarching one is just be organised. I'm a really methodical person in everything I do. I mean, even things... I mean, my wife takes the mick out of me when I'm mowing the lawn. Is Lily nodding? Is that Yeah, I think she will. Yeah. <laughs> but even when I'm mowing the lawn, I'll it'll be divided into sections. <laughs> and and it, it's quite... I'm really anal about things like that. So, But that comes from my background as an engineer. Writing recipes actually comes quite natural to me because mm-hmm. I write instructions for a living. That's what I do and how you take an aeroplane engine to bits, repair it and put it back together. That's my engineering job. And you do that by methodical step-by-step yeah. instructions. So writing a recipe is quite natural yeah so i think that really helps and that and i take that into the kitchen so it's all about being prepared definitely absolutely with you on that one yeah okay so what would be your next tip next one well it's kind of baking and cooking but it's investing in two types of thermometers so we've got this one which is just a little room room thermometer thermometer. so if you're making dough it is so important to know the temperature of the environment you're going to be proving the dough in what I did to start with when I was making dough, I just went on what was on my central heating thermostat. Yeah, and it it'll be completely different. Someone said, oh, you need to invest in one of these because yeah. it, it will be different. So I did, I put it in the kitchen and it was quite a few degrees colder in the kitchen than, than what my thermostat was saying. Mm. So that meant I needed more yeast. Okay, So, yeah. And then your dough becomes a lot softer because you've got the right amount of yeast in. So yeah. knowing the environment that you're going to be making your dough in is extremely important. Having that accurate information will adjust the ingredients that you need. So It makes a massive difference. It does, it does. So I think that's really important. And then okay. the next one is the probe thermometer. Okay. Well, I use it for baking and cooking as well. When I've finished kneading and making the dough, I target a temperature of between 21 and 23 degrees Celsius. So you're putting the probe straight into the middle straight of the dough? Straight into the middle see. of the dough. Okay. Because that temperature is the optimum temperature for the yeast to, to get to get going. Okay. Anything colder than that, it's going to be a bit of a slow start. It's still going to work, but it's going to be a sluggish start. And anything over 23 degrees, it's going to be a bit too active. 
but then okay. it, it might go a bit wild. So this one's a thermopen. I'm not a meat yeah, so the, is that the kind of thing you stick in a meat joint? We do eat a lot of meat yeah. um, in, in our house and since I've had that, it's transformed the way I cook meat as well. Oh, because okay. you can be given a time to cook a chicken, a joint of beef, a steak or whatever, but everyone's oven is different, yeah. everyone's environment's different. With beef, for example, you, someone might like it medium, rare, yeah. well done. If you know the, the temperature you're targeting, you put that straight into the middle and then you, you know it's perfectly cooked. With chicken, it's really important that it, that yeah. it reaches a certain yeah. temperature. Steak's different, but with yeah. chicken, it needs to be cooked. So if you know the temperature you're aiming for, it's just take time out of it. Don't monitor it with time, monitor it with temperature and you'll, you'll get perfectly cooked meat every time. My final one is to do with yeast. So obviously I have used sourdough for right. pizza making, but I, I prefer using yeast, whether that's fresh yeast or instant. But if you are using yeast, it's really important to every now and again, check that it's alive. Yeast does go off. This is probably more to do with instant yeast because it lasts months and months and months, mm. but there will come a time where it goes off and right. it's dead. There's a way you can check your yeast is alive by simply just putting a spoonful of yeast, a spoonful of sugar and some warm water in a little bowl, leave it for 10 minutes. And if it bubbles with a really smooth doming effect, it's alive. If anyone's interested, I've got a video of how you do it on my Instagram page, but I think that's, another simple yeah simple yeah trick. absolutely brilliant and the yeah. thing is the point is about these tips is what you might think of as simple yeah or things that you don't even think about other people are going to find them as just gold yeah because when you do it yourself and yeah. you do it regularly it just becomes second nature i like convenience i like yeah. <laughs> i don't like making things more difficult than, well, no, than what they should be <laughs> okay brilliant so the tips absolutely fabulous thank yep. you very much so also I wanted to ask them, what is your easy, simple kind of daytime family meal? What would you make that would be quick and easy? I think the one we have the most, and it is dead easy, is fajitas. And we, we, we came, and this has been going on years, we literally have it once a week on a Friday, which is our fajita, fajita Friday. Friday. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's quite nice because it almost like symbolises the end of the week, and the start of the weekend, and it's dead easy. It's just... Yeah a bit of chicken some peppers and cheese and whatever and that's definitely our go-to and we, we have i think re recently though we, we've started branching out a bit we sometimes have quesadillas <laughs> which, to really uh, to really push the boat yeah, out yeah, yeah or enchiladas which are, it's the same Just, yeah folded <laughs> but, version yeah but yeah, yeah. But yeah that, i'd yeah, say yeah. that's our go-to for a family meal. It's just what it symbolises as well. Yeah. It's, it's nice to get to the end of the week, like Lily's finished school, we've finished work, and then it's weekend time. Nice, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay. So as well, what we ask everybody is what's your favourite thing to do with leftovers? We don't generally have a lot because I've always cooked the right amount for what we need. Because you're organised. Yeah, yeah, and I'm quite frugal with stuff like that. I don't like wasting sort of that. I think that's been passed down from like my granddad. My granddad was very... He would not waste food. He would rather eat until he couldn't move <laughs> and mop up everyone's plate than, than throw anything away. So I think I get that from him. But if we do, like fajitas is a really good example. Yeah. So Shove it in a wrap. Well, no. See, I use it on pizzas. Okay. So people like, they're kind of like quite shocked when they hear about some of the pizzas I've made and stuff. I'm a great believer in you can put anything on a pizza and it can work. 
it might not be for everyone, but fajitas is one of my wife Nikki's. That's one of her favourite pizzas I've ever made, and it was made with leftovers. Brilliant. So because really, a pizza base is bread. Yeah, you can put. So anything if you're going to put it. anything on bread, you well, can I, put anything on pizza. I, I I always call it like a blank canvas. Yeah. Like you can, it's you can put anything on it. And in my book, there's some recipes in there that people will look at and think. Well, your minced meat and custard one blew people's minds at Christmas. Yeah, see, oh, yeah, who brilliant. would have thought that would? But in my opinion, that that works really well. Absolutely. And, and I've even put roast dinners is probably something you'll have leftovers with. Yeah. And I've I've put left like roast dinner on a pizza. Brilliant. And it, it just it works. What I what I quite like doing as well is thinking about my favourite meals, and then I think right, how can I get that on a pizza? Because really, your pizza base then just becomes your plate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Your edible like, plate. Yeah. So we're back to what they, years ago, if you think in medieval times, that's what they had. Their plates were pieces of bread. Yeah. And then it sops up any of the juices and anything into the yeah. bread. And so you're like, doing a similar thing. Yeah, like I say, and people say, what's the worst pizza you've ever made? And I've not really had one. I make pizzas that I know I'm, I like the things that's going on it. Yeah. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't make it. I love pizza dough. So the, in my mind, there's no it's reason why... Made. It's not going to work. So in which yeah. case then, being that I am vegetarian, what would you make me as a pizza? So my favourite vegetarian pizza that I made, and I think it's probably been the most popular as well, is my courgette bianca pizza. So and that's this is what you're going to make me today. I'm going to make you that today. Basically what it is, it's a white-based pizza, so no, no red tomato sauce. Okay. Mozzarella. Yeah. And then I use some ricotta, but I like infuse it with lemon juice and lemon zest. So mix that and it just gives it a nice Make fresh. It a bit creamy. You only need a little bit because yeah. it can it can be a bit yeah. bit rich. So yeah. you only need small dollops of it. It's a perfect spring summer pizza in my eyes. On top of that white base, I'll add ribbons of courgette, nice and thin, arrange that on, and then it goes in the oven and then once it comes out, I'll add some chili flakes, some fresh lemon zest and some chopped <laughs> fresh mint. But as well, because I wouldn't want anything too heavy, so that sounds perfect. Yeah, and I'm to be honest, I'm I'm not a great lover of courgettes, but I really like that pizza. Like that made me try courgettes so, again. The other, which I think is the ultimate vegetarian or vegan pizza, is a marinara. And not many people who don't make pizzas a lot have tried a marinara because it's literally a cheeseless pizza with just tomato sauce. Yeah, and just the sauce on it. But it is so nice. Yeah. I couldn't believe the first time I tried it. I was like... Because it wasn't that, stacked with cheese. Yeah, because yeah. I love cheese. Yeah. But it, it's so nice. It's a light, really light, perfect. perfect for a lunch. There's like a saying, you're only as good as your margarita or your marinara. Because there's nowhere to hide. That flavour's got to be good because it's on its own. You're listening to The Food Bod Pod with Matthews Cotswold Flour. Inspired baking from Britain's artisan flour miller. Today we have an extra special guest with us. So today we have Scott's daughter Lily with us. Hi Lily. Hi. Thank you for joining us and thank you for your help today because you're looking after our videos. Uh, But I thought seeing as you're here, why don't we ask you, what do you think of Daddy's pizzas? They're really nice. They're really light and fluffy. They're not too doughy they're not too chewy wow did your dad pay you to say all that no <laughs> so if you've had pizzas in other places 
I think that is better. Yeah. Yeah? So yeah. what's your favourite one? My favourite is the ham and pineapple pizza. Ah, you're in the pineapple camp. There's yeah. a lot of people that disagree with that one, don't they? Yeah. So you like the, the flavour of the sweet and savoury together? Yeah. Okay, so what makes Daddy so special? Well, the pineapple isn't cooked with it. It's nice and fresh and soft, and it's a really nice flavour combination. Oh, brilliant. Together. So have you had a go at making them with Daddy as well? I've made a couple of pizzas. Yeah? Yeah. How do you find handling the dough? It's a bit hard not to rip it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's stretchy as well, isn't it? It bounces yeah. back. It's quite yeah. difficult. I'm sure you're very proud of Daddy's book. Yeah. Have you told all your friends at school? Yes, I have. Yes. Is your pizza in Daddy's book? No. <gasps> He's going to have to write another book called Lily's Pizzas, I yeah. think. If you didn't have ham or pineapple, what would you have? Do you like a Kevin McAllister cheese pizza? Oh, yeah, good choice. Especially if you get to have one all to yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, and that one's in the book. Dad's mm -hmm. just told us. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much for today. We Welcome. will talk to you again a bit later. Okay. Thank you. So what pizza are you going to make for us first? So the first one we're going to be making is my courgette bianca with a fresh mint, lemon and chilli. Okay, so I can see that you've got pizza dough ready to go. Yep, got right? one here. So we are now uh, talking on Sunday morning. Yep. When did you make the dough? I made the dough on Thursday night, and then it went away for bulk proving overnight until Friday morning at room temperature. So that was about 14 hours, I think, in total. Then I boiled up the dough into its individual containers, and then I leave it for an hour just to give it a bit of a head start. And then it went into the fridge until this morning, about eight o'clock this morning. So, it so this dough has been in the fridge since? Friday morning. Since Friday morning? Yeah. Okay, cool. And it's, it's at the same point as you left it or does your dough grow in the fridge still? It's, it grows in the fridge slightly, okay. but the main growth of this has been this morning really. So it needs a few hours. You can't use dough cold. So it needs to be room temperature. Okay. So I took it out. I think it was about eight, eight o'clock this morning. So it should be nice and relaxed. <laughs> um, so is that your typical time scale for making dough? Depends really. Now I'm a bit more advanced in my dough making. I kind of like make my dough routine fit what I need it to fit. Whereas yeah. when I first started out, I, our lives were very dictated. <laughs> like the time uh, right, right, I need to be home now to yeah. make the dough. So I, my standard go-to was always 24 hours room temperature and that was it. Right. But then I, I slowly started incorporating a bit of fridge time with it just to slow it down. And the, the longer you leave it, basically the more relaxed it will be and it'll be easier to stretch. This should be super relaxed because it's been in for so long and it's had a good few hours today. So... So what you're doing then is what I always recommend people do is you're making the dough fit your life yeah. rather than your life fit yeah. your dough. Yeah. So in the same way, your pizzas and your recipes can be organised for people to fit them around their lifestyles, their home lives. Yeah. yeah. So if this is 
This is enough dough for making a standard kind of medium-sized pizza? Yeah, this, this will make a 12-inch okay. pizza. And okay. th this, this is 275 grams of dough, which is, right. I find works pretty much perfectly for a Neapolitan-style 12-inch. Okay. So you're going to turn the dough out onto a floured surface? I don't use flour at this stage. Right. I use fine semolina. One of, one of the biggest challenges, especially as a new pizza maker, is getting the pizza off the peel and into the oven without yes. it sticking. Yeah. Semolina almost acts like really fine ball bearings, mm -hmm. whereas flour is a bit, I find it a bit too fine. Yeah. So I'm really interested in watching you do this because yeah. when it comes to shaping pizzas, yeah. I think it's a real art actually getting them round. Well, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges. One of my big bits of advice is just take your time because it, it doesn't need to be a frantic rush. There, right. there are elements of the process that you do need to be quick. Like as soon as it's on the peel, it needs to go in the oven because okay. that's when it's going to stick. But actually making sure it's round, stop at certain points and reshape if you need to. So when it comes out of here, it, it won't be perfectly round. I'll reshape it so it is round and then start pressing it out. And if it's looking a bit irregular, just reshape it. And so they, it, it comes working. back to not being scared of the dough then? Yeah. That yeah it's you, okay to do that? And don't get yeah. me wrong, there's nothing wrong with a regular shaped pizza. It tastes the same. You do what suits you. And I think that's a big, a big thing that people need to realise. There is no right or wrong way. There'll be a lot of people that tell you otherwise. It's exactly the same things I say to people all the time. When people message me and say, does my sourdough look right? Uh, there is no right or wrong. Yeah. There's yeah. just great bread. But there's very much a bit of a sourdough police thing. And I'm yeah. told it's the same with pizza. So <laughs> show us then. Um, I okay. want to see how you do this. So Scott's got his dough already and his little carriers. Are these particular special dough No, things? it's just a round plastic um, okay, food that container. You've used for the, so that, that you've used for the fridge. One thing I always do is just before the dough goes in, so on Friday morning, I give it a quick wipe round with a bit of oil. Okay, so, so that helps it, it come out. It, it should come out. It should <laughs> come out nice and easily now. So the first okay. first thing I do is so we've got semolina, semolina on, on the board on the board on here and more on top of the dough. Yeah, and I've just got a little um, bowl there of semolina. Just put a little bit on. Okay. So it just coats it, and again makes it come out nice and easy. And then you're you, just going to ease the. You dough just have to tease it out a little bit and just work your way around because, you, like I say, you don't want to affect the shape too much you want it to come out as naturally as you can so okay you're trying to ease it out of the round yeah. container so it contain it stays with a round yeah so Ooh. you can see you can yeah. you can see there straight away that's gone into an oblong shape but yeah. it, it doesn't matter so it's not too far off being no round. it's not and okay. then then we coat it again we don't want any sticky bits okay so this is also to stop your fingers from sticking yeah. to it okay. so at this point this is where i reshape to make it circular so Scott's just moving his hands around it in so a circular just, motion. Basically, you're plumping it up a little bit as well because it obviously it'll flatten out. Yeah. But if you start with a circular bit of dough, yeah, you, you start in the correct way then. Okay. So that, that's a good starting point there. So we've yeah. got a nice round dough. It's covered in flour. And one thing we need to remember is that the top of the dough in the container, that's what we want to be the top of the pizza when we top it. At the minute, that is face down. Yeah, because you tipped it so out. So you need to turn out. it over. Yeah, so but to start with, you start, you're pressing out using That's both your hands. Yeah. yeah. You start in the middle and you're going to push the air out to the edge until yeah. you've got about an inch, just okay. half an inch maybe. 
all the way around, you're pushing the air into the crust. Right. So okay. that's where your nice, fluffy, airy crusts will come from. So you so just, just go round you're and You're just round. working your way round. It's keeping it really round. Yeah, because it, it, if you keep your eye on the shape, but this, this, this helps if, like I say, this, this dough is really relaxed. Yeah. I, I know now that once I, once I take this off to shape it on my knuckles, uh, it's not, it's not going to take any time at all to be the right size. Because that so comes... you're going to lift this up? Yeah, so first off, I get to a point, but seven or eight inches it's maybe. It's not even a dinner plate, yeah, a no. little bit smaller than a dinner and plate. And at this point, it's where I flip it over. So just carefully flip it over. So and... you haven't lifted it too high, so you've been no. able to just flip it over. So at this point again, reshape so it's circular. Okay, so we're a little bit egg-like so and now we're, we're round again. We're just going to do it with our fingers like that, just so it's nice and round. <laughs> <laughs> and then we start again. We do we do exactly what we did before. And you're just pushing it out. And you're again. just pushing it out. Just so it's nice and even all the way around. Now you've got a nice board you're doing this on, but someone can do this on their kitchen counter. Yeah, see no, normally I will do this outside in my shelter, either okay. on this board or I've got a worktop, a kitchen worktop out there and I'll do it on that. So yeah. So Scott's got Scott's got a very cool shelter that he's got his uh, uni oven in that he does this outside, but it's the UK and it's freezing yeah, cold. It's freezing. We're doing this inside initially before we take it outside to bake it. So this okay. is the, this is the point now where I'm going to lift it off and do the final stretch with with my knuckles. So I'm going to okay. use gravity to, to do the work. So the, the, why do you need to do it? Because to me right now that looks perfect. I would say it's perfectly round and I wouldn't want to touch it. So why yeah. do you need to do more with it? It's it's a bit thick. The, the right. base is a bit thick. So, so this is how you're going to thin it out a bit. Yeah, so that size dough ball, if you made that now, like right. it might be a bit okay. thick on the base. So what, what we're going to do, and there's lots of different techniques. Okay. Again, you do, what, you do what suits you. And the, the way I'm going to show you now is I find it a lot easier and I just think it's a lot more okay. effective. So at this point, you also need to get rid of all this flour from underneath because we don't want too much flour on the base of the dough because it will burn. Right. So what, what we do, I'm going to take it off. I'm going to shove the flour out of the way. You, you'll be left with a little bit, which is fine. Okay. And I'm going to pass it between my hands to get some excess off. Okay. And then that's when I'm going to quickly go into, they call it like the steering wheel method. So it's going to hang off my knuckles. Okay. Gravity is going to do the work and I'm going to turn it round until I've got the right size and then lay it back down carefully. Okay, people need to take into account we're making Scott speak here. He wouldn't, he wouldn't normally be taking all this time with the dough. No, but so... Go but, for it, but show it's us fine. what do. So, so pick it up on, into onto your hand. that hand, get rid of the excess, and then pass it between... Okay, You have between to be really careful. Hands. So you and kind then of... Onto, onto my knuckles, on the edge, not in the middle, and then literally... Wow. You need to watch the YouTube video to see him doing this. And then that's it, I think. Wow, look at that. That looks so thin, but you didn't break it. No. And but, it's all bubbly from the yeast. Yeah, so at this point that's as well. amazing. <gasps> but you can see how little work that was. But also you kept it quite close. You didn't do the whole throwing no. it up in the air thing. You kept it quite close to the because, surface. Because I can tell this is so relaxed. Because we've made you wait, so I apologise. <laughs> no, but this is how I like it. I okay. like it like this. Okay, um, brilliant. If, if I did pick it up too high, gravity would just drop it, and that's when you're probably going to get, get a hole in it. Yeah. But if, if your dough's a bit more, not as relaxed, and it, and it does need more work, when it's on your knuckles, rather than just turning it, if you ease it, 
So not letting gravity just pull it. If you if you ease, ease it, it to the side if bit. you ease it at the sides as you're turning, then what you're doing, you're stretching this area. The middle. Rather no, rather than the middle. Yeah, oh, okay. So because you do the, the it's edges. so easy to when you're stretching, the middle bit section will get really thin. Will get really thin and that will lead to problems when it's in the oven, it could tear. The Food Bod Pod with Matthew's Cotswold Flower, bringing you Britain's largest speciality flower range. The last thing I do before I um, start adding the toppings is just go round with my hand on the inside of the crust and just gently press okay. all the way round. And what, what this it even does, more defined. yeah, it just it just gives you crust a bit of a head start. Okay. So you'll get a nice a nice rise out That's of your crust. So even. And then if you notice any larger air bubbles within the crust, in fact, I've got one there. You, you just, just pinch see, them out. Just pop them. Okay. Because if you don't, as soon as they go into the high heat, they're just going to blow up. They're going to burn. Okay. So right, I'm going to start topping now. First bit on this is mozzarella and this is just fresh fjord de lat which is cow's milk mozzarella it's just the the balls of mozzarella that comes in a bag of liquid yes. from okay. a supermarket you can use stuff that is a bit drier but i like i like the flavor and texture that this gives one thing if you are using these balls of mozzarella in the liquid it's too moist to put straight on the dough Okay. So what I do is rip it into bits or chop it into bits, put it on a couple of layers of kitchen roll. Ah, uh, that's what that was. Yeah. Okay. A couple All right. of layers of kitchen roll on top for at least an hour. And then that will soak all the moisture out of it. So it's it's a bit dry. That makes more sense because when I've used yeah. it and I've done it straight from the bag, you end up with water yeah. running off it. Yeah, okay. and, it, and it will make it. I'm like, you see, yeah. that's a perfect tip. I wouldn't have known yeah. that one. Okay. And then I'm just going to scatter... The mozzarella. So, because this is a Bianco, a Bianco, because Bianca, yeah, Bianca, Bianca. Yeah. It's um, there's no sauce going on this first. This is no. all cheese first. So, you, with with the Biancas, you do you do use more mozzarella than you would if it was like a red base. And this is where you need it to be quite evenly spread, because you don't want too many large areas of raw dough because that's going to burn. And we need to keep it weighted down as well, okay? Because because it's so hot. If it's not weighted down as much, you, you can get like an air pocket underneath and it will start to dome right. in the oven and then, okay. it, then it can burn. What heat is an uni oven? For Neapolitan, it will be f between 400 and 450. It can go to 500. Centigrade. But, yeah, Whoa. so I find that, that, I find that a little bit hot. Okay. So 430, 450 is probably optimum. Okay, and we're talking centigrade here as well, so yeah. it's really high. it's about 900 Fahrenheit, I think. Okay. So this is the um, ricotta. And you've already added. So I've added your lemon, lemon juice, juice to that. and a bit of lemon zest. Okay, so it's made. So what we're going to do? We're going to. You have to be careful not to use too much of this because it it's quite rich. So in in all the in the, little, gaps. In the gaps, just do small blobs of the ricotta. We don't want too much. I can see your particular ways here. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's how you get even toppings. Well, isn't I, it? one thing I like about well, one thing I like about when I'm eating pizzas, I want a bit of everything. Yeah. On each mouthful. Whereas, isn't that what a pizza is? It's like the entire meal in the yeah. single. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can you can use ricotta as like almost like a a paste to spread on as any layer, like underneath the mozzarella. Yeah. You could because it's loose enough to be able to do that. Especially but, because you've added the lemon juice to it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it does make it quite loose, but I prefer I prefer it like this. I think it 
it dries out a little bit when it's on like a thin layer. Lovely. So the last thing we add before it goes in the oven is... This is your ribbons of so courgette. This is, yeah, so it's just a courgette and I've used just a normal vegetable peeler to, to make nice thin ribbons. And okay. again, there's no set way with this. And you haven't soaked this in anything? No, this is this just is raw just, courgette? I've li literally just done it. Okay. So kind of make it... A bit pretty. Yeah, and you can put as much or a little on. So as, what's as going to happen with this is this pizza is going to go onto the peel and we're all going to very quickly follow Scott outside to his shelter to get it into his oven. Normally he would be doing this next to the oven so we wouldn't have this yeah, pressure on him. It's always better to be as close <laughs> as close but, to the oven know, as you can. We're working with the weather here. At least it's not raining. Yeah, that um, is a... But normally Scott would be having his big pizza oven outside and this would be... Uh, all been done outside maybe of course we should have just done this later in the year but there we go but yeah so you've got like a nice even spread of, in of ingredients there. and then finally just a quick drizzle of, of, olive, of oil. olive oil and what this does olive oil actually sounds strange but that actually prevents things from burning too much in the high heat okay cool so that's it's flavour as well, obviously, but... Um, so you're now going to swish the peel underneath that, and I also want to see you do this yeah, well, so because this, this is something, I, this is when I would scrunch it up. So this is this can be difficult, especially with really relaxed, loose dough. So I'm just going to... A little bit of um, fine semolina. And we've got dusting. a metal So this a is a, This is here. a perforated metal one, which I like okay. to use, because what, what you'll see I'll do is, once it's on here, I'll give it a quick shake, and the perforations allow the excess flour, semolina flour to, to fall off. Okay. So you don't want much in the oven because it'll just burn. But if those in the ovens are that hot, if you use a wooden one, you'd burn it, wouldn't you? Well, or you've got to be yeah, in and out it's, pretty it's quickly. Quick. It's okay. really quick. So, so okay. yeah. So what I do, I just lift the edge up yeah. and start like, the, the, again, there's different ways you can do this, but this is just a technique that I prefer. And then I'm, I'm literally just going <laughs> to... Is that the starting line? Ready to go. I'm going to lift it up. <laughs> yeah. Under... Give it a shuffle and, and then you reshape it circular again. Okay. And then we go. Right. So we're so you just lifting lift, the edge. Lift it up. Whoa. So it's a good couple of sharp. Give it underneath. give it a quick shake and you'll see the flower coming off. It's barely lost any shape though. Back down and then just a, a nice quick reshape. Okay. So you know you're the right. So this is a twelve inch peel. So yeah. okay. that so should be perfectly inch. twelve. Well, look, inch. I mean it fits it perfectly. So we're gonna um follow Scott outside. Uni oven is on and ready to go. I'm so just we, going to come alongside. We just have a quick check of the temperature before we go in. I've got okay. no doubt that it's going to be hot enough, but it's always good to check. So okay. that's running quite hot. That's 480. So right. probably a little bit hotter than I would normally. That's probably because we've made you have it on. It's just been long. it's just been on a bit longer. So okay. So we've got fabulous Lily being our camera lady today. So she's going to so show this, what this, Daddy's doing. This is quite a quick quick movement we have to do. So you're going to quick so flick, shuffle it out. So our pizza, and then I is use in this, the oven. this turning peel. I'm so going to turn this round now. If someone made me one um, during the summer, showing me this. You need to keep moving it because the yeah. heat is from the back. Well, it, you this, need to this keep is an L, it. This is an L-shaped flame, so we have to warm the peel up. That helps you slide it under initially. So just whack it in the flames. So you need to keep turning it because you've got an L shape yeah. of heat at the back so, so you need, need to... it to go around the back. So once it starts at the back you can release it off. Wow and how long do you think it took you to get that action right? Quite a long time. 
I wasn't that comfortable using a turning peel to start with. Again, it comes with confidence and experience. I can see the concentration. Watching you do this is brilliant. Well, you've only got like 60 to 80 seconds. And then, That's what's and amazing. Then it's, then it's done. So, so we can already see that the edges are starting to brown, so they're starting to bubble. Yeah, we're nearly there now already. Smells amazing. My stomach is rumbling. Yeah, the biggest advice is just not to take your eye off it because a few seconds can be the difference. Yeah, you between... can't walk away, can you? No. If I left this for a few more seconds, it it would probably be on fire. We've got Ronnie the dog in here with us as well, hoping you drop some. So that's done now. Wow, look at that. That's amazing. Okay, so we're taking okay. it back inside. Yep, we'll take Put a bit it of finishing in. touches. Yep. Back here inside yep. with the pizza. So <gasps> what, we're gonna, what we're going to add now is some chilli flakes. I take it this is optional, but it yeah, gives a nice yeah, extra. Yeah, everything's optional. Yeah. And then some fresh, freshly chopped mint. Mint and courgette. Nice mix. And then finally, just a little bit of fresh lemon, lemon zest. zest, just to give it that. You don't need too much because obviously it's quite powerful lemon zest. So. This looks amazing. And with the extras you put on the top, the added colour... Well, that's what it's about as well. It's not just, well, for me, it's not smell. just about how it tastes. It's about how it looks as that well. That is so. amazing. That looks amazing. So, yeah, that's you. That's our... There you go. Courgette Bianca <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Thank you very much. I tell you, we're going to dig into that. First of all, we need to take some decent pictures so everybody yeah. can see. And then we'll move on to your others. But that was amazing. Yeah, I'm the really pleased with that. The speed and yeah. efficiency is just brilliant. Now that I've watched you make this and my stomach is rumbling this much, and this is supposedly the one for me, I think yep. I should get to try a bit, okay. don't you? And a perfect pizza cutter, of course. Is this my there you piece? Go. Oh, get that. Mmm. Oh, that's lovely. Good. Oh, it's a really good mix. Just a couple of little bits of the chili flakes and the lightness of the um, lemon juice. Oh, and I've got, look at the holy crust. Mmm. Well. All I can say is we'll be back. You're listening to the Food Bod Pod with Matthews Cotswold Flour, who only select the top 1% of grains for their speciality flour. Now that I have cleared my mouth and I haven't got a mouth full of food this time, I have to say the pizza's lovely. Good. It's so light, just like Lily said. So what pizza are you making this time? So this is a vodka sauce pepperoni. So, so this is something you've created recently, isn't it? I've only just started delving into the world of vodka sauce. It's used as a pasta sauce, okay. mainly. It's quite a creamy texture and flavour because you add double cream into it. I've got a recipe for this on my Instagram page. And the recipes for all of these people are going to be able to find on our website as well. So they'll okay. be able to... Yep. Listen to the podcast, watch you in action on YouTube, find the recipes on the website. So let me leave you to carry okay. on with doing your dough. And whilst you're doing that, I have to say I was very honoured you sent me an early copy of your book. This is one of the ones that I really fancied, The Perfect Pear, because it's got thin slices of pear and blue cheese and walnuts. Oh, yeah, David and I are both going, oh. Yeah, that's the that's one of the Tonda Amana thin... Thin and I mean, and that's again, that's a Bianca, is it? Because it is yeah, not got any. Yeah, there's no sauce on that one. I mean, so. that, that actually, I don't understand why I didn't make that one for me today. 
what I like as well is you've got the different shapes. You've got some of those ones with the edges. I, I don't know what you call it. You know, when you're doing the square pan. Oh, the Detroit. Oh, oh Detroit, yeah. So there's an awful lot of choice in here and all of the toppings. It's just, I, I, I think it's brilliant. I'm so happy for you with this book. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really pleased with how it turned out. And it's because my wife, Nikki, did all the photography in it as well. Yeah, it's it um, brilliant. It's like a team effort. And it was just nice to do something like that together. But this is also a very special copy. This is your own book for home, which you dedicated to Nikki and Lily. Yeah, which is yeah, lovely. that's the one we've kept for. It's lovely. And we've also got some sweet pizzas at the end of this. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see him doing that amazing thing with dough again. Right. So now that you've shaped your dough, yep. I'll stop looking at your book. So this one is going to be different because you're putting a sauce on it. I am, but the sauce goes on after the cheese on this one. Oh. Yeah, so this is slightly different. Okay. Um, so this could also be a standard tomato sauce. It doesn't have to be the vodka yep. version. No, no. Okay. I, ju I just think the vodka sauce works really well with a pepperoni. I think they go, they go really and well. And what's your pairing. easy, quick, standard tomato sauce? Literally a tin of good quality tomatoes, preferably plum tomatoes, mm -hmm. a teaspoon of salt, yeah. and some chopped up basil okay and that's it and what i do i use an immersion blender just to give it two or three quick bursts yeah. it doesn't need to be super smooth you got to be careful because the more the more you blend it the more oxygen you're getting into it which can give it quite a almost like a fizzy taste yes so you have to be careful not to do it you can just use your hands it depends okay. how chunky you want your sauce it's down to personal preference did you ever put olive oil in that no, not okay. for my Neapolitan pizzas. It's literally just tomato, salt, and basil. That's Brilliant. it. The, the, okay. I, I find there's no need to overcomplicate it with garlic or sugar or oil. I, I, I really don't think it needs it. I think okay. it overcomplicates it. So I don't want to put you off this okay. time. So you've so, got your base ready. Yeah, I've got my base. round. And then we're going to go on with the, the mozzarella, mozzarella again. So the mozzarella is on first very carefully being spread around. You've done some serious prep work for us today. Thank you so much. Again, nice and evenly spread. And then I, I used the ricotta on this as well. Sorry, I ate yeah. some of that. I didn't and, uh, realize you were gonna use it. <laughs> I, was, I was at the point of, I was just about to tell you to stop eating it, but I think you've left just, a, just enough. <laughs> Oops. This is one of my favourites. This is I really like the. But don't you find though? I mean, I, I, I having written my books and you know now I've got my third one. You've you make those recipes so long ago. Yeah. You've made them. You've edited them. You've prepped them. You've shared them, and your brain goes on to other things, and you start to make a whole new set of stuff. Yeah. See, I've made quite a lot of recipes since. The yeah, book. I'm. I'm exactly the same. And I, I think. Oh, I wish. I wish I'd have been able to include that in the book. But you um, also advance, I think. Yeah. You know, you learn more. So this is where Sorry, I'm putting I now off. go on the sauce. So there's no neatness with this. It's just in random drizzles and dollops. It doesn't Being have... that we are in a home here, this is why you can hear the pitter-patter of the dog, just like you can when we're in my kitchen. He's never far away when we're uh, We've when got we're the, the dog pattering around and we've got the cat just sitting a little way away from us, showing no interest whatsoever. She's not bothered. So we've got some dollops of sauce spread evenly over the top. So then it's just um, on, on with, with the, the pepperoni. pepperoni. So this is thinly sliced bits of pepperoni that seem to have come out in little heart shapes. In yeah, this so this is the pepperoni that I use. It's called properoni. So it's just a really nice... So it, 
it's quite a bit of a thinner, yeah, a thinner cut. I can than, see that. And I, I just think it suits pizza really well because it goes nice and crispy with it being nice and thin. And you get the curled, gnarly, like burnt edges as well. It's, so um, obviously your book is the Uni Pizza Project. Can people also use the same dough and the same processes in an oven? Yeah, yeah, there's no reason okay. why you can't. I would recommend getting a, a pizza stone or a pizza steel. So it's you, hot enough. So it's hot enough. The, okay. the hotter the better. You, your finished pizza will, it will look slightly different. It won't be as soft. It will be more of a, a crunchier texture. So finally, I'll just add the olive oil and then we'll add basil after. So we've got another drizzle of olive oil going over it. So you're going to put it onto the steel, shape it again, and then rip some basil over the top? No, the basil goes on when it's cooked. Oh, on this, right. On this one. Okay. I just think it works, I think it works nicer being raw than, okay. than cooked. But so again. we're onto the steel. As I've said a couple of times, because it is really cold here, we're going to let Scott take this yeah. one outside and cook it on his own and I'll then bring it back own. in, perfectly done, to save us all shifting outside. Yeah. All right, I'll see you in a bit. See you in a minute. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Coming back in out the cold with a perfectly cooked pizza. My word. As if by magic. Look at that. I mean, I know I'm not going to eat it, but the smell, I have to say the smell of pepperoni. It does smell. Just nice, smell yeah. absolutely stunning. Sorry, let me... Uh... And what you'll, what you'll see with the, like, leoparding. Yes, with the, with the, oh, the little the spots, spots around the edges. Again, some people like that, some people don't, but... That comes from giving it the extra time in the fridge, um, giving it a longer proof, and then the ultra high heat in the oven. Those two things combined will. But it's like the blisters that we yeah. often get on sourdough. I mean, this is the yeah. job that your your yeast has done, giving yeah. it their bubbles. That's what's coming yeah. out. So what we'll do here, we'll just get some some fresh basil. Some fresh basil, and I so don't... you're just ripping up some basil, yeah. throwing it across the top. And by ripping it, you get the. Obviously, you get the smell. Yeah, again, the aromas. And as it hits it as well, because it's hitting the heat, that's yeah, it's just, bringing out the smell. The flavours just work really well together. There we go. Yeah. Pizza number two. Number two. Fabulous. I'm going to ask you, actually, whilst we're surrounded by it, obviously, you know, we work in partnership with Matthew's Cotswold Flower. And actually, that's one of the reasons we know each other. Yeah. Through uh, yeah. Matthew's events. And I had you at my event at Christmas. Yeah made you get up on the stage and talk to a room full of people. Mm. <laughs> so the flour that you've used in these doughs, is it this one? So it's the Matthew's Cotswold yeah. pizza flour? Yeah. Okay. And why does that work particularly well? I think the protein level of this flour, which I believe is about 12, is about 11.5%, yeah. 12%. Yeah, 11.8. That, that works really well for this style of pizza. This one was a 63% hydrated dough. That's a percentage of water in the dough compared to the flour. I think that's really well suited to this flour. So I, it works well hand Yeah, in hand. I don't generally go higher than that. A, I don't personally like how, how the, the crusts are in particular with, with, a, with a higher hydrated dough. Okay. I think low to mid 60s, that's how I like it. It gives you a really nice... Yeah, I can see that. Nice fluffy dough without too much air in there because what what you find if it's got too much air in there it's just a hollow yeah. shell almost and 
but well, I like I like a bit of texture in there. So so it's a good starting flower, you would say. Definitely, and it is the it's the flower I started with in lockdown. If you remember, flower was so difficult to get yes. hold of. I found this a local person who was going round in lockdown delivering groceries. So you'd place your order, pay him online, and then he'd just drop at your doorstep. And he he actually had Matthews Cotswolds the Tipo zero zero flower. Uh, which is the other flower you can use for pizzas. You're listening to the Food Bod Pod with Matthew's Cotswold Flower. The perfect pizza needs the right flower. Cotswold Pizza Flour is an award-winning, finely milled white pizza flour for pizza dough. Perfect for your pizzas. And what's the last thing you're going to make for us today? So the last one, it's not a pizza, but it's some garlic and herb butter dough strips. Nice. So it's like like dough balls, but in strips, basically. So. Are we using the same dough then? Same dough, exactly the same. Yeah, no difference in that. It's obviously just a bit different how we're going to prepare it. We're just going to flatten it out into like a an oval, and then use a pizza cutter to cut it into Into strips. strips. And then that's it. So not Straight as much, in. not as much pressure on the shaping no, then. No, there's, there's no. Okay. No, there's no. It's a lot different with that. These are really easy. And then what we do as soon as they come out of the oven, we put some melted garlic butter all over oh. them. So it, all that is is just butter, some uh, crushed garlic, and some dried parsley. Nice. So can, this is a recipe that's in your book. Yeah, this is in the book. And the book is out now in the UK. Yep. It's already been out in the States earlier, so it's now out in the UK. We highly recommend it. So as a reminder, it's called The Uni Pizza Project by Scott Dealey, published by Page Street Publishing. So with this one, rather than flattening it out, flipping it over, what I do with this one is just flip it over straight away. Okay, so you've so got that, your, that's your the, dough, that's you've the turned top out. Okay. And then it's just a very light, you do, we don't want it really thin. So it's so just... just with just like a nice, yeah, just it. a nice, and we don't need to worry about making a crust. So all Scott's using is the flats of his hands just to push it out. Because you can see all these air bubbles yeah. now because the dough is super soft. We can pop. And it's a bit of an oval and that's okay yeah. because we don't need a round. Yeah, we, we, we want this to be oval. So we're going to do the same again. Get rid of the excess flour. So pushing away all the semolina. Yeah, just a quick toss between our hands. Just flick it between the two hands. And then what we're going to do, we're just going to put that to one side for a second and we're going to use, I'm going to cut it on straight on the wooden peel. Right. Because if you if you cut it up into strips and then transfer it onto a peel, it's quite fiddly. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas, but using a wooden peel, it means you can cut, obviously with the perforated peel, you can't, okay. you can't cut because of the perforations. Okay, so. so the metal peel that Scott's got has got perforations in the bottom, so this is a straight wooden so peel. So this is just a bamboo a bamboo peel. So we're going to, like we did before, just a little bit of flour on there. And then we're going to go on with the dough. Again, just reshape if you need to. I'm surrounded by, oh, it's the basil. I've got the basil in front of me. It smells amazing. Okay. And then normally cut it into six or seven. So using a pizza just cutter. Just a normal pizza cutter. And slicing it into strips. What are they, about, about an inch, inch, inch yeah. and a half? Just, yeah. But again, they can be as, as wide or as as thin as you want. And then that's it. Okay. Here we go, back in from the cold. Oh, look at that. There's our puffy strips. But yeah, you can see oh, the they've, smell. they've risen up. 
really, yeah, so we've really got really well. nice puffy strips. Yeah, they're just really dough. soft. And then this is the, the melted Let me hold it for you. garlic butter. Okay, so this is just garlic. You said it's garlic. Butter, crushed garlic, of... butter and dried parsley. You can okay. use any herb, but I think so parsley... So you've melted that briefly in the microwave. Yep. And you're just going to spoon it over the top. And it's really important to get it on quickly once Whilst it's come it's out of the hot. oven. It yeah. makes a big difference. So then we're just going to drizzle on top <gasps> of each. The smell. Oh, the smell. These are something that we make a lot. Like we'll, I'll probably make us a couple of pizzas to share, you know, the three of us, and then we'll... We'll do a portion of these as well, just to just to go with it. Yeah, do you so like these, this as well, Lily? Is this one that you like? These are nice. a, these are a firm favourite in this. Look house. at that! Well, I mean that just smells amazing. Yeah, it's it's they're, they're really simple, but they they're just. I mean, who doesn't like garlic <sighs> butter and dough? Oh my word! So if you don't like garlic, then yeah, probably. Well, you could. You don't have to use garlic. You well, could you could use, just use it with the herb and butter. Yeah, herbed butter. Yeah. Yeah. Or but you I guess could add well. chilli chili into it. Well, like, you could sprinkle a bit of parmesan over top of that yeah, if you wanted to. Yeah, again, it's like a canvas, isn't it? You but could, yeah, the fact could, is, once you've got the dough... The dough is your base, and then you, you can, do whatever you, you like. can do whatever you want. Then, yeah. Do you know yeah. what? I am going to bring this to a close yeah. and just say thank you so much for having us in your home. That's all right. Thank you for sharing your tips, sharing your pizzas. I mean, I can see how much you've planned this and how much work you put into this. The whole family has been putting work into this. Um, so thank you so much for having us. That's all right. It's a pleasure. Thank you for thank We've you for learned having. so much. We've got full bellies. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm, I can smell that from here. It's going to be absolutely superb. So thank you very much indeed yeah, for thank all your you time for, and effort. Thank you for having and I, us. And I have no doubt that people are going to just love this, love this episode, pizza being so popular. You know, we hope that everybody that's listened has enjoyed it. We hope that you also watch it on YouTube and you can see just how busy Scott is. Remember to go onto our website and find the recipes. We've got, of course, even more fabulous stuff coming up, haven't we, David? So our next episode, our next edition, features the fabulous Sophie Rushton-Smith. We'll be in her home kitchen and uh, she's got some wonderful recipes and, and, and demonstrations for us and a lovely story to tell as well. We do hope that you will come back and join us again. And we must give a final big round of applause and a thank you to the very brilliant Lily, who's been a fabulous help today. Thank you for all your help. Lily. And a, our best helper yet. So thank you very, very much. And to Nikki as well. Thank you all for having us. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Food Pod Pod with Matthews Cotswold Flour, award-winning flour created by farmers, millers and bakers.